All right. Turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 2. If you have, uh, don't have a Bible, there's one probably in the seat in front of you. Um, if you don't have a Bible at all, at home or anything, feel free to take uh, the Bible home with you. Um, if you have six at home and you just forgot it today, please don't take it home. It's okay. Uh, but uh, we just want to offer that to you. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is where we're going to be at today. One of the most, to me, entertaining stories in the Bible. Um, I, I love to explore the scripture and find these moments where you're like, what were they thinking? And so we're going to talk about that today. Um, I don't know about you, but I have some odd friends. <laughs> and I'm sure my friends would say the same about me. <clears throat> but I have some particularly interesting friends. Um, I got to see him last week. It's so fun. Um, it's really funny. We took a picture, and Kelly's like, "We're so old." Got one of them said, "Jared, I was in the backyard playing with the kids. We got like eight thousand of them now, and we we took go forth and multiply really, really seriously, <laughs> right?" And so it's my college friends, and we're all together, and I'm in the backyard, and it's kind of lower on a hill, and. And one of my friends yells out, hey, Jared, I like that reverse yarmulke you got going up there. Don't be blinded by the, the bright light radiating off my bald spot, sir. And so some of us are going, one of them's gray, totally gray. He's 32. He's gray. He's a superintendent, so I don't know if that caused the gray hair. Or he, got, he got to be superintendent because he had gray hair. I don't know which it was. Um, but we are we're interesting. We've done all kinds of stupid things together. We've done some really cool things together. Um, we've gone on Guadalajara, we went to Guatemala on a mission trip, uh, worked with orphans for 10 days, took showers in an alley with a bowl and a rain bucket. That was interesting. It's always fun to have little Guatemalan ladies tell you that you're going to grow mushrooms from your toes if you don't wear shoes. I had to have, that, that's always interesting to have translated back to you. What is she saying? Cause I don't speak Spanish. You know, burrito is about all I got. Okay. So I can get by it. I'll burrito Rico. And that's it. That's it. Uh, it's good enough for me, but I'm trying. Uh, but I was terrible, and one of my friends said, she says, she says you're going to grow mushrooms. What? From your feet? What? It's because I was going to go take a shower without shoes on. She's like, no, 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 no. So I had to go get flip-flops just for that. Anyway, you guys don't care. But that's one of the things that we took, we took, uh, we did together. We also got in more trouble than we've ever been in our whole life together. I won't tell you about that story. But um, we, we did orphan stuff together. We grew, did life together. When me and my friends were in college, uh, several of them, their parents got divorces and we cried together. We were there the day one of my friends uh, asked a girl to marry him and she gave the ring back. Yeah, right? So we were there. We went through that together. We laughed. We cried. We laughed some more. We burned a few things. We just had some good times. <laughs> and at the center of it all was these guys were the guys I'd been praying for my entire life, that my mom probably was praying for my whole entire life, that we would find, I would find a group of people that I could be me around, and that was okay. And... Those come around only once ever so often. If you've ever been a part of that kind of group, um, it has a season, and then it doesn't have a season anymore. But you better believe it, we show up, and everyone reverted back to the same roles that we had when we were 21. Kelly 
Kelly and I were the only ones dating at the time. Everybody else found their, their loves later. Kelly became team mom. Imagine 15 guys, most of which are, are, are teaching majors because they couldn't hack it anywhere else. But <laughs> they're, all, they're, all, they're all teaching majors, and Kelly runs basically the teaching department at Anderson University. When she was secretary there, she would help the freshmen plan out the courses. And so they would show up and be like, Kelly, fix it. They tell me I can't graduate. And Kelly said, give it to me. You've been going here six years now? You should know this. And so one of my friends, he was, he, it was his house. He was grilling the hamburgers. And it's his house. It's his house. He grilled the hamburgers. He walks in. Kelly's standing in the kitchen. And he just looks around. Kelly, I don't know what to do with this. Okay, I'll take it. And she takes it from him and sets it up. I mean, we went back to being 21 in a matter of, of seconds. It was so funny. I say all that to say, just to give you a little bit more insight into how Jared has been formed, but also to say this, that was a very powerful life group in my life. It was a moment in which we shared life together. We shared probably too much information together and experiences, but we were together all the time. And not just, and one of my favorite night of the week was Tuesday night Bible study at 10 o'clock. Two o'clock, or 10 o'clock at night until whenever we got done, out in the middle of the hall, all of us would get together and have Bible study together. And we, we kept that going, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year. And that's where we started to do life together, and we cried together, and we talked about stuff together. And it was basically a life group. Sure, we had the added fun of college and the added stuff of college to bring us together, but it was basically a Bible study that brought us all together. Other floors never had the camaraderie, never had the togetherness that we had. They wanted it. They would try to infiltrate our third floor done Bible study. We'd have guys from second. They weren't as good. Um, we tried to have fourth floor guys would try to sneak in. We said no because they wanted that. But it never really happened. It, it, they all had life. They all had the same college experience. They all ate the same crummy food. They all had the same uh, professors. But what unified us, I really believe it was our RA taking the time to say, guys, we're going to get in the word together. And that's what set us apart. And it was a beautiful thing. Here at Shorewood, we have a thing, a vehicle, a vessel called life groups. And what we seek to do that is not recreate college experiences, which I'll be a part of that one if we have it. (laughs) But we seek to recreate the life together. Because no matter, as I'm learning, as I'm growing as a senior pastor, pastor to adults, people are like, what's the biggest difference? It's like there's not a difference between adult pastoring and teenage pastoring. It's just a little less hormonal. Mm, this much? You know, it's the same issues. It's, it's the same identity crisis. It's the same, what am I going to do when I grow up? You're 80, and you still don't know what you're going to do with your, when you're going to grow up. It's okay. You know, we're, it's the same stuff. It's the, it's the same issues. It doesn't matter if you're in college or high school or, or a grown uh, man or woman. It is the same essence, the same struggle that we fight all over. And the same thing holds true. We need people to walk with us through it all. And that's uh, what life groups are all about. And so here at Shorewood, we have devised these vehicles. They have content. We're going to, uh, Vince Benning is going to be leading an amazing uh, life group uh, about the Holy Spirit, uh, a book I think called The Forgotten God. And he's going to be doing that. So that's amazing thing. Content is taught by one, a video taught by one of the best Bible teachers in the world, Francis Chan. 
I'm telling you what, doing life together is as equal to the stuff that, that Chan is going to be speaking. Uh, we have another one that's going to be meeting here on Sunday morning about witnessing and opening our hearts to witnessing. That I just I can't wait to see what's going on. Uh, Terry Bailey and I have been meeting the last three weeks and talking about this, and we're both so excited about what God's going to do in us and through us through that. And I got one on Monday night where it is my goal to talk about someone getting stabbed or chopped every Monday night. Um, you know, how, how could, you know, Men, if you think it's all touchy-feely, it's not. Um, there's a certain tent peg that gets drove in somewhere. It's wonderful. Uh, we talk about kind of the gory stuff of the Bible and what God's doing with that, and sometimes the battles, just because you can be a man and love Jesus too. And uh, we, there's wonderful women's groups that are meeting, some of them during the day and some of them at night. All kinds of wonderful things that you can get involved in and plugged into for your stage of life at, at, um, at this time. And the sign-ups are out there. Leaders, I'd love for you to stand out there and meet some uh, people and direct them towards your life groups after this service, and you can sign up next week as well. I want to caution us with life groups. Maybe one of our fears with life groups is, what if I don't like the people I'm in there with? It's, it's a <laughs> one honest person in the church, all right? <laughs> but... It's okay, because that's a fear, right? You, you sign up, you're like, what if they bring that weird salad and I hate it, but they're like, oh, don't you love it? And you're like, where's they don't have a dog. This t- <laughs> See, that's the good thing about our life groups, our house. We've got joy. If you don't like something, you're like, <laughs> so just take it off your hands. Well, and I'm there usually, so you know, that happens. But, but here's the deal. I signed up, Kelly and I signed up. We were so excited about this life group. I was like, I, she wasn't there that night probably because we had babies, and we had a big sign-up night for, at our last church. And so I went, I was so excited. We got a life group with everyone we absolutely adored. Like, it was the all-star life group. I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be the best eight weeks ever. We show up to the life group. Man, what in the world? This is the best people. These are my friends. I should like this. We're going to edit that part out later. Because so, the people in Georgia sometimes listen to this. Um, Kevin can do wonderful things with a computer. Um, terrible. Why? And this has to do... Um, there are points to all these stories, I promise you. This has to do with it. No one was willing to be vulnerable. No one was willing to put the armor down and until someone's willing to snot a little bit until someone's to say hey i got a garbage can you got a garbage can too yeah we all do it's not gonna happen it's gonna be cute it'll be eh, it's okay but until you're willing to be truly vulnerable in that situation it won't happen and uh, I, i say that because this the next small group, I had, we took half that group, half of the same people, same people. The first night, though, we just decided to be vulnerable, and the whole thing was an amazing experience and wonderful. We're going on vacation with these people. That's how much we, we started. Like, it was di- no, nobody changed. It wasn't a different curriculum. It wasn't a different you know, teacher. It wasn't a different any of those things. It was that in one moment we, decided, we were, had our guards up, and one moment, we decided to be vulnerable. And so um, that doesn't mean you have to share your 
deepest, darkest secrets with people. It's just to say, hey, it's okay to be real in this environment. I don't know about you, but sometimes we have like church armor. Like, oh, yeah, I walk in these buildings. This is the person I am. And that's one of the reasons we don't try to have life groups here at the church that much. We want them in your homes because something happens when you walk into someone's house. You see the, uh, you know, in my house, you might see the, the golden tumbleweeds of, of joy hair. It doesn't matter if I vacuumed five seconds ago. That, that dog, it's like a walking, I don't, hairball. And so it just happens and happens and happens. And you're like, oh, okay. But here at the church, you put on that church persona at the house. It's like, oh, okay. There's springs coming out of their couch too. <laughs> so, just got to be careful. Um, and I, I just I want to intimate that because that sets the tone for everything that we do in life group. Uh, we call it life group. It's sometimes called small groups or whatnot. We call it life group because I want the emphasis so much to be on doing life together. I hope you picked that up. Life groups are a few things here. We see life groups here at Shored as an area in which we can start the process of experiencing God's restoration in our lives. That through these moments and through these interactions, we get to see not only we get to see Jesus working through other people in re- helping us restore. It's not just a one way. I'm off by myself trying to be restored with God. It is a group and team effort. This is incredibly important. God uses that all the time. All the time. People are needy for God and someone else comes into their life and helps the restoration process. All throughout Acts, this is happening over and over and over and over again. Life groups, we have a couple main things that life groups have to be. Life groups are a place to connect. They are a place in which people join together. They are a place in which vulnerability happens and we connect with each other. Will every life group be the all-star life group of History? No. And that's okay. You don't learn to ride a bike the first time you sit on it either. But it's a place to connect. It's a place to join together. Life groups are also a place to protect. And this builds the vulnerability. When you know you walk into the room and everyone there has your back, it's a place of protection. In our world, in our businesses, in where we work, where it feels like you are constantly dodging knives in the back for someone else to get ahead, our life groups will be a place of protection. That you can have messes and it's okay. That's our dream for life groups here. It's a place to protect. Thirdly, life groups are a place to grow. Life groups are a place in which we grow spiritually Closer to God with each other. Think of it almost as communal gardening. We can help each other pull weeds. We can help each other till. We can help each other prune. I hate yard work. But if I'm doing it with somebody else, it's tolerable. Maybe that's just because I'm a people person. I don't know. But I, 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 hate, I, hate, I hate doing it by myself. I'll get Kindle out there to try to pull weeds. She's not effective at pulling weeds at all. But as long as someone else is out in the yard with me, I'm happy. Er, not all the way happy. <laughs> Let's be honest here, okay? It's a place to grow. The story that I alluded to earlier, Luke chapter 2. This is fun. Mark. It's in Luke 2, but not in chapter 2. <clears throat> Jesus is being born in there. So. Um, 
Mark chapter 2. A few days later, I'm at verse 2. When Jesus again entered Capernaum, this is north of the Sea of Galilee, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such a large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then they lowered the mat and the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit this is what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took up his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Okay, there's several big deals going on here. First of all, we have some serious HOA code violations going on here. (laughs) Dudes are walking on my roof, tearing it up, straws probably falling from the ceiling, and a guy gets lowered down. What is happening? But the Pharisees are thinking this. Uh, Jesus didn't handle that properly. He said, they're not talking about, um, there's a, did you see the guy come down from the roof? That was not their comment. Their comment is Jesus didn't handle this situation very well. I'm very honest with this. Some of us, we see people being brought to Jesus. We act like these guys. Ah, they didn't dot their I's and cross their T's very well. And we get cranky about like how the process of it all works. When the main thing is these people are bringing him to Jesus and he gets healed. Not the manner in which this happens, right? But we do this in life and, and you're like, oh, I, Jerry, I never do that. Ah, I do it. I'm a joy sucker all the time in one particular kind. It's like a vacuum cleaner of happiness. I just will suck it all in. And it's with sports. I don't have a team except the Dodgers. I do like the Dodgers. You guys are like, ooh, we get to hate on the Dodgers now. I'm sorry. I like the Dodgers. Anybody else? I don't care for it all. I really don't. But I love making fun of people who love their teams. I mean, this is a personal problem. I'm admitting it to you. I'm, at, I'm trying to repent from it. Yeah, I am. If you all tell me, I, um, I have a friend, one of, my, one of the guys, the, last, the guy who made the yarmulke joke. He's not a friend anymore, but that's okay. <laughs> I killed him. Uh, he loves Notre Dame. Absolutely loves it. We were talking... Uh, we've had some, he, his mother died uh, a couple years ago, and uh, Kelly's father died last year. And so we were talking about, you know, what, what were even our, um, our last wishes and how would that be? He goes, you, honey, you know where I want to be. And I was just like, an idiot. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. And Kelly's like, what? And I was like, what? wait a second. And she's like, I'm not spreading your ashes on Notre Dame's field. <laughs> she's like, I'm pretty sure there's a law against that. And he's like, that's what I want. That's the only thing I want. He loves Notre Dame. He, I mean, you, oh, yesterday when they beat Michigan that bad, he probably was doing backflips. <laughs> Kelly was crying a little bit, but we'll, we'll deal with that in counseling. <laughs> but when someone got suspended from Notre Dame, I wanted to text him. Like, eh, I don't care. 
sure. I'm just a jerk. That's what the Pharisees are, right? They don't care that the guy is going to be healed. A paralyzed man is going to get up and walk out. They care that Jesus didn't say the right words. They don't care that he's got friends who love him so much they are willing to assault a house. They don't care about that. You didn't get to put your verb in the right spot. Folks, I'm trying to deal with that because I don't want to be a joy sucker. I don't want to do that anymore. It's a person, personality flaw. I get that. I know it. I'm working on it. But some of us need to be real honest with ourselves. and like, when I walk into a room and someone's happy, do I feel like I need to turn on a vacuum cleaner? Because it might be happening. I really don't want to be those guys in the story. I want to be the guys who are willing to jump on a roof and say, well, let's tear this thing up. I got to get to Jesus. I will stop at nothing to get them at Jesus. That's who I want to be. There's a couple of things going on here with these guys. And this is how our life groups should be. This is how you are that kind of friend. This is the traits that we need to have as that kind of friend. We carry each other when we can't walk. These guys carry them when he can't walk. And an effective life group, an effective friend says, you know what? I'll carry you right now. I know you can't get to where you need to go. Let's go. I will carry you. If you have that kind of friend, you know you are blessed. I think it's also important to note that health-wise, they do this as a team. It's not one person giving four people a piggyback ride. Okay? Some of us are very uh, oriented towards, we, can pick, we pick up lost puppies very easily. They're doing, like, it's unhealthy every once in a while. You get burned and you're like, oh, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. I don't want to love anymore. They do it as a team. It's not just one person, it's four people carrying this guy. Okay, that's a little side note, but I just want to hit that. They are willing to take extraordinary steps to help you. A great friend is willing to tear the roof off for you to get to Jesus. Sometimes it's an extraordinary measure of love. It's an extraordinary measure of grace. It's an extraordinary measure of something, whatever they need that you're totally not expecting. But that's what it takes to be a great friend. I want these kind of people in my life and I want to be this kind of guy for other people. Thirdly, they get you to Jesus. It's one thing if these guys are willing to you know, jump. My college friends would have been willing to jump on a roof and tear a hole in it. They wouldn't have cared if Jesus was in the house or not. It's one thing to do, go to all those things, maybe for fun or for goofiness. But when the point is to get them to Jesus, that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get you in the presence of someone who can fix it. That's what this is all about, that they're willing to say, you know what, there's a huge crowd here. Everyone in town is going to think we're nuts. The owner of this house can press charges against me, but i got to get these people to Jesus. I want to be a kind of friend that says, you know what, there's, there's obstacles and there's distractions and there's reason, lots of reasons why I shouldn't do this, but there's one reason I have to do it. i got to get them to Jesus. That could be us. That starts to change how our life groups feel when we have this kind of mentality. 
that we carry people when they can't walk, that we are willing to take extraordinary steps to help them, and we have to get them to Jesus. So how can we be this kind of friend? The best way to start this is by being the friend that you'd like to have. Just be that guy. Don't be the joy sucker anymore. Be the guy that you want to have as a friend. There's traits that you think you need to have or your friend needs to have. Ask yourself, do I have those traits? Do I actually listen when people are talking? Do I bring them down or do I bring them up? Ask yourself these things. Because I want these kind of people in my life and I want to be this kind of person in my life. Some of these are hard questions to ask yourself because you won't like the answers. Like, I gotta work on myself. I don't want to do that. It's painful and embarrassing. I understand. I just admitted my jerkiness to you all. The best way to gain friends is by being a friend. These guys are amazing. They set the bar so high for what it takes to be a friend, what it looks like for that. But I love this story because these guys are willing to do anything to get people in front of Jesus. And in our life groups, if we can have the same kind of mentality, I think we will have the most fruitful and beautiful experiences. That it won't just be a remember when, it'll be the life group I'm in now is the one that gives life. I don't always want to keep on thinking that, well, the best thing I was in was 10, 15 years ago. The best thing I'm in is now. I don't even want to think the best thing I'm going to be in is going to be in the future. It's now with us growing together. For some of you, being in a life group would be a big step. Some of you are like, oh, no, this seems kind of weird. I want to challenge you to, to take that step of faith, to sign up for one and go. It's only eight weeks. It's over before Thanksgiving. I just scared some of you by saying eight weeks is from Thanksgiving. I understand that. I got Christmas shopping to do, Jared. You don't understand. I want us to grow together in ways that we never even thought possible, that we can do life together in ways that, like, I never thought I would have friends like that ever. I didn't know friendship like that was possible. That is my dream for us as life groups. It's my dream for us. Uh, as a church, as we reach, grow, serve the community for Christ. Ben, come on up. I'm just going to pray. Actually, I'll just pray us out. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for a wonderful worship service. Thank you for meeting us here. God, my heart needed a fresh anointing like that. Oh. God, I love singing so hard for you that my stomach hurts. God, if we're honest with ourselves, we all crave real relationships. If we're honest with ourselves, we crave moments where we can say, I can be myself. No pretenses, no walls, no guards, myself. God, I ask you to bless this church in giving us life groups that offer those kind of connections.
that you would bless us in such a way that we have relationships that matter to us. Relationships that we're willing to rip a roof off for. That you would give us people in our lives that we are willing to do whatever it takes to get them to you. Lord, we love you. We praise your name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. Remember, Grow 201 on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock and sign up for life groups under the TV in the lobby. You are dismissed.